1: Durant has declined his $31.5 million player option and will become an unrestricted free agent. These sources were telling ESPN that Durant and his business manager, Rich Kleiman, are in New York evaluating free agency options. So far, the process has stayed private. And in baseball, Yankees manager Aaron Boone said Wednesday that an MRI on Giancarlo Stanton's right knee showed quote, no new injury. Stanton's knee is feeling sore and stiff, but he's not dealing with any swelling. For now, that seems optimistic that he'll avoid any new injury less stint. And for the Chicago White. Sox. tim anderson has been diagnosed with a high right ankle sprain anderson has not been placed on the injured list as of yet but it will most likely come he's currently wearing a walking boot will undergo an mri to gain further details on the injury i'm dan straffer and this has been your fantasy sports radio network news update
0: stay tuned to the fantasy sports radio network for more updates at the top of every hour
3: full-time fantasy if you draft the ground you can't be upset in today's environment he's got a 325 era
2: you can be a little upset no, i paid like 38 dollars for him i'm not getting my 38 dollars worth of value he's been very good but he hasn't been last year agreed
3: well you you cannot expect last year he had a 1.70 era No,
2: right right you couldn't expect it but right but i'm saying could you expect a 2.4 going into this he year still might get there
0: weekdays 2 to 4 p.m eastern on the fantasy sports network and on your popular podcast providers
4: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's
0: time to play! Full-time fantasy.
2: Play! Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. We'll be talking a little fantasy football today, a little fantasy baseball. But Adam Roto's got to start out with Kevin Durant saying... I'm not going to come back next year, or maybe I'm not, or I'm going to decline my player option for $31 million. Shocked at all with
4: that?
3: Not really. I thought there was a chance maybe he just picks it up and says, all right, I'm not going to play this season anyway, so I'll just take the money and sit out. But my guess is the, him and his agent got indication that there's a team out there that don't care about the injury, and they're willing to give him a max offer knowing that he won't play next season. So... Uh, obviously, Golden State could have offered him a, a five-year deal, I think for like $220 million, and the opposing teams can't give as much. I think it's one year less and some less money. But he probably doesn't really care about that at this point, doesn't want to stay with Golden State. We all knew that he was going to leave anyway, uh, and a lot of the speculation is now that it'll be New York or Brooklyn. Do
2: you think that – it's kind of shocking to me that the Brooklyn Nets – might have Kyrie and Durant? Because when I still think of the Brooklyn Nets, I know I'm wrong, I apologize, but they're still like the second team in New York, right? The Knicks are the, the, the team. Why do you think that Kyrie and Durant are so interested in the Nets?
3: I mean, I've I said it all year. I, I liked watching the Nets. I think Kenny Atkinson is a really good coach. I like the culture on that team. Now, obviously, there's going to be some changes because D'Angelo Russell is gone, but D'Angelo Russell had a career year. Uh, I think maybe the affiliation with Jay-Z could play a part. Uh, I mean, it's still New York. I know it's the Knicks, and Knicks are the team in this town, even though the record doesn't indicate it for the last 10 years or so. Uh, But they have the money, and uh, I I guess the Knicks are just not as appealing as maybe people thought. I mean, we've talked about it. If you go to the Knicks, you turn them around, and you somehow win a championship, you're a god forever. But – uh, can can
2: Brooklyn be the new place to be like it's Barclays Center is the hot place? I mean, will, will people from Manhattan go and take a, a, a subway ride down to Washington? It's not flight? that far. It really is. It's isn't. very far, Ronan. No, it's not. A when subway? you grew up in the city, dude, going to Brooklyn for me was like going to like a, a foreign country.
3: It's just really it out not. There. It's really I know it's not, not but, it, but I, I'm just telling you, that's how often I went. Okay, I mean, depending on where you're in the city, it could be a half-hour train ride.
2: I know. But do you th- do you, well, so I'm asking a question. I mean, you're a subway guy. You know, you're used to that. But do you think the people that spend a lot of money watching best basketball games at Madison Square Garden are going to get on the subway and go down to, to Barclays Center?
3: Star power, man. So if Durant and Kyrie are there, yeah, I think they might. And if not, I think you have enough population in Brooklyn, Queens anyway, to fill it. So, I mean, if the stars are there, people will come. And uh, it's it's accessible. Uh, it really is. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in that area because you've been out of New York for a while. But it's really... It's, Isn't it by the real- Metro
2: Tech? Is it by Metro Tech?
3: It's by LIU.
2: Okay. Okay. By far from Atlantic juniors? Avenue.
3: Far no, from it's juniors? close to Juniors. Like two, right, three blocks juniors. from Juniors. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's not the easiest to get. To. I mean, from Grand Central, how would I get there?
3: Uh... I think... Is there one the train to take me right there? No, you probably have to take two.
2: Okay. Because city people are weird, dude. They just don't go to things. They, if it's not convenient, they just don't go out of their you know square mile radius.
3: Well, the city people can watch on TV then. They, they'll fill the building, man. I didn't really see what their attendance was last year. But if you get Durant and Kyrie, it's star power. People are going to go. They're just going to be intrigued. It's like, oh, Kevin Durant's there? All right, I'm going to go watch him play.
2: Well, I believe that. And I also believe that if it's a good experience and they like it, then they'll go back,
3: right? I mean, See, I, have, I, have been, I have been to Barclay Center, but not for basketball. I've been there for hockey and wrestling. So I don't know what it's like for a basketball game. How yet. was it for those
2: gone. two? Uh,
3: I was fine. I was in a suite for an Islanders game, and then I wanted to watch NXT wrestling uh, right before, I think, SummerSlam a couple years ago. And it was cool. So... Did you carry
2: a poster on us?
3: No, no, I, it was a last-minute thing. Someone asked me to go, and I'm not even up on wrestling, but NXT is really cool, and a lot of those NXT stars that I saw are now in WWE. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think the latest odds I saw that Brooklyn was the favorite. I mean, it keeps changing, but it, it, that would be uh, – Knicks fans are, would be disgusted if that happens, man. Imagine Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in a Nets uniform.
2: I think it's – I mean, I don't want to say – it's more than possible. I don't want to say it's probable, but it's way more than possible to me. It's somewhere in between.
3: It seems like it's uh, kind of likely. Look, Durant's going to be here, it seems like. He's got offices here. There was a picture of him in the city yesterday. So it seems like it's going to be here. It's now a question of whether it's going to be New York or Brooklyn.
2: I've got to think, I mean, Isn't Brooklyn so much closer? So much closer to competing than Knicks need? Pretty much everything. Except I think people do like Fisdale. I think he's popular with the players.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I think they're both... I mean, maybe the Nets have a, a slight leg up, but you know they'll be losing Russell. He was a big part of the team last year.
2: Do you think the net, the Knicks get Kyrie as well? Do you think Kyrie is in tandem with Durant?
3: It seems like teams who are interested want that. They don't want just Durant by themselves. Well, especially these, these teams that need pieces like the Knicks and the Nets. So I, I think they do want the tandem because getting one – is not enough for either team. If the Knicks just get Durant, it's not going to work.
2: Right. And do you think Durant and Kyrie have been talking and saying, look, I'll do what you do, let's do it together?
3: I could see that. I wouldn't put it past any of these players. We've kind of seen that in the past, a little bit of a package deal there. So it is something they could talk about. Kyrie obviously is from the area. His father, I believe, lives in New York City now. Kyrie's a Jersey guy, so he probably knows a little bit about it. And, again, I think Durant – has uh, uh, an office in New York City uh, for his business. Uh, There's rumors that he bought property as well in New York. Don't know if that's true. I mean, we heard the same rumors about buying in Toronto. So uh, it seems like Durant does want to come here. And again, he's won championships now. So it's not like he needs to go to a championship team to get that ring. You know, here he can come and build his legacy and turn a team around.
2: I think there's zero chance, speaking of Kawhi, I think there's zero chance Kawhi goes to the Lakers. You think he wants to share with LeBron?
3: Yeah, I don't think he goes there. I think there's a good chance he could go to the Clippers.
2: I do too. Right? The Clippers make sense. But can, would Kawhi go to the Clippers by himself?
3: Uh, right? No, they could get someone else, and they still have some players there from last year. I mean, that was a team that basically gave up at the deadline and traded players and wound up making the playoffs.
2: That's true. I mean, because they're so well coached, because got yeah,
3: top So it's interesting. They, and they got Lou Williams, they have Harrell. So they still have some players there. Yeah, true.
2: All right, we'll keep everybody posted when we hear news, but I, I think it's very intriguing stuff. But let's take a look at here at some fantasy football news, uh, not news, but we're going to cover a little a draft board. And here's a from, from we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, I know Mr. Yellow Sticker. Um, I can't remember his name, but I know his face. You know the guy I'm talking about with the um, mustache, kind of thick build, shorter guy. He only drafts wide receivers, but he took. Christian McCaffrey with the number one overall pick on Friday night's online championship. Does that shock you in any way?
3: No. Uh, I think people are going to make a case for, I think, I think maybe you could throw Kamara in the mix. I wouldn't, but I could see some people doing it, thinking, okay, Ingram's gone. He's going to get a bigger workload as far as the carries. I don't see it. I think they want to keep him around the two, 220 range. I think it's been pretty clear. So, I don't see him in the mix as a number one pick, but I think you can make a case for McCaffrey, Barkley, and Elliott, or other people will. So, I'm not surprised by it. Again, as I said yesterday, I think the issue with Barkley is, you know, I think some people are like, oh, he's a consensus number one pick. I disagree. I don't think he's the consensus number one pick. I think you can make a case for McCaffrey and Zeke because, again, when you are – I'm sure you agree, like, these guys are all close. So when you're doing that, you really have to look at things under a microscope and go, okay, where can things go wrong? And, And with the Giants, they're a bad offense with a bad quarterback. They could make a quarterback change in season. Odell Beckham is gone, and you could say, well, Barkley was still fine without Beckham. Well, Beckham is a huge threat that the defense has to account for. You're worried about him taking it to the end zone every play. Giants don't have that player at wide receiver. I mean, yeah, Shepard's okay, Ingram, Tate. But that you don't, you're not worried about those guys. You're not worried about double-teaming them. With Beckham, you did. So I'm not saying Barkley's not going to be good. But when you look at the offenses, there's downside there. Now, if you want to argue with McCaffrey, you could say, well, what about Cam Newton in his shoulder? And, and that's fair because we don't know where he is. I mean, all indications are he should be good to go. But I, I think you would agree that the Panthers and Cowboys are in a better situation offensively than the Giants.
2: Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, the Giants are the, are the worst of the three, but I got to be if I got to be honest with you, I can't see me taking Zeke 1. If I'm drafting right now, Zeke is my third choice, not
3: my first, not my first. Okay, why is that though? Why wouldn't you consider him?
2: I think explosiveness for Barkley. There's something about Barkley that I think he can just score anytime he touches the football. So there's something about that that I just find unreal. Then McCaffrey, I mean, what was he on the on the field for 98% of every of, of all the plays?
3: And I got to think that comes down.
2: I agree with that. But if you're asking me, those would be the two things that would be slightly higher. I haven't looked at playoff schedule yet. Who does Dallas have the last three weeks?
3: I don't know offhand. I can look that up, but I don't know offhand. I know it's probably not the Giants because they always play them first game of the year. Uh, so 14, 15, 16, it is uh let's see uh bears rams eagles for dallas yeah that's
2: not good that's not that's probably the. that's that's tough who do the giants have
3: i mean the bears could be tough rams again i don't think they're as good defensively eagles are okay eagles so. had a good uh
2: run defense last
3: year yeah but I, see i don't worry about it with a guy like zeke because you know he's going to get 25 30 touches. Especially if it's the end of the season and they're fighting for a division or a playoff spot, they're just going to keep going. Uh, The Giants have the Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins.
2: Oh, that's tastier. That's tastier right there. And then who do the the Panthers have? Because Dolphins and the Redskins don't scare me at all.
3: I mean, Redskins could be decent defensively, and it is a division game. You know how those go.
2: Right, right. It could get ugly, right.
3: Uh, The Panthers, let's see. They got you got to figure one division game in there, and it's not a good division for defense. they got the Falcons, Seahawks, Colts. That's tough. Colts, Colts are good defense. Where are league. the Colts?
2: Home or away? In Indy. Oh, that's uh, Yeah, I don't like that at all. I, I mean, the Colts are stingy. Who were the first two in that one? Falcons, nothing. Who was the next one?
3: Seahawks in Carolina.
2: Uh, Seahawks don't travel well. That's okay. I think Barkley has the best one. Dolphins and Redskins?
3: He could, but what if it's Daniel Jones starting at that time? I and he stinks.
2: <laughs> there, well, that's the thing. You know, it's not like, you know, Dwayne Haskins, if he starts, you don't say to yourself, he's going to stink. When Daniel Jones, if he starts, you legitimately have to ask yourself, "Does is he going to suck? Isn't yeah. that a fair thing to say?
3: Yeah, for sure. And again, it's not a knock on Barkley at all. Again, I, I think you really have to kind of look at this very closely when you're analyzing these three because they're all – tremendous backs and if they all stay healthy you do expect big numbers from all of them you know one of the criticisms against Zeke in the past has been well he doesn't catch the football well he did last year and I would think that they continue to throw him the ball now maybe he's not he's not going to be to the level I guess of Barkley and McCaffrey again I mean look 77 receptions last year or 95 targets I mean he clearly has shown what he can do in the passing game the one but, thing the be, that I, but
2: the better Gallup and Cobb do, the worse the fewer receptions Zeke gets.
3: Nah, I don't think so. I look if teams are smart, uh, you got to throw to your running backs. It's a high percentage play. So let's hope that they continue to be smart. And also, I think the thing that's missing with Zeke, he is gonna, he's in for positive touchdown regression. He had nine total touchdowns last year.
2: I know. He should have 14. He He really should have 14. He will.
3: Part of what hurt him was Dak. I think Dak had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three years. So that takes away a little bit. But I got to think that he gets back to double digits. I mean, he had 304 carries, six rushing touchdowns. I mean, rookie, 322-15. Even in the suspension year, he had 242 carries, seven rushing touchdowns in 10 games. So... I think the double-digit touchdowns are. I think a dozen
2: lot. is fair for him. I think dozen. right yeah. I don't want to say more
3: than that, but I think a dozen is absolutely fair. Right. I mean, this team clearly is still going to run the football, even if they do open up the passing offense a little bit more. Uh, I got to think that the touchdowns come back for Zeke. And you know, here's the thing: you're you're looking at volume, and all three of these guys are going to get huge volume. I mean, Zeke is pretty much if Zeke stays healthy, he's a lock for 300 carries. And you hope that even, – okay, even if you say, all right, well, he won't get 77 receptions again, I think 60 to 65 Right, still is gets fair. 55 to 60. Why, but let me ask why, you this.
2: What, what what if the reason why he's third is if he does anything wrong, he could be suspended for the
3: year? You, again, uh, it's a good point because, as I said, you have to look at everything through a microscope with these guys because we're looking for the smallest thing that could lead to the downside. And that is uh, with Zeke. And, you know, that offseason – Incident in Las Vegas didn't look too bad, but the point is he put himself in a position late at night where he was arguing with a girl. Like, you know that you are up for a contract, and anything you do can potentially give you a suspension. You cannot put yourself in that position. So that is a fair point, and I could see people putting that against you. you can say, you know what, I'm putting him third of this group, and maybe people say, you know what, I'm putting him four. Now, so- when
2: you're picking tomorrow, okay, at the FSGA, You're a big Cowboy fan. Does your being a homer ever come into play?
3: No, man. I'm a huge Mets fan. You think I'm going to fill my team with – who would I rather have, Mets or you? Well, the
2: Mets do suck. Okay, the Mets do suck. Well, they got fantasy players, The Cowboys don't suck. Right, but the Cowboys don't suck.
3: But the Cowboys do have – look, it's not me, okay? Everyone is taking Zeke top three, top four. No, but I'm saying if,
2: (laughs) if all things are equal, does the fact that you have a Cowboy jersey make you want to take him over McCaffrey? No, just throwing I wanna, it out
3: there. I want to win. I want to win. You know, I, but uh, look, Zeke. Even a league with no money. Yeah, I still want to win.
2: All right, so if it means taking McCaffrey and letting somebody else have Zeke, you're okay with that?
3: Yeah, I am. Um,
2: okay, no, I, I, I like I like hearing that. I think that. it's I feel the same way.
3: I mean, honestly, I keep going back and forth. I'm assuming Barkley's going one, so it's obviously done. I'll the tell you who Scott team. Atkins is taking. Oh, I know he wants McCaffrey.
2: He wants McCaffrey badly. Yeah. Badly. Has anybody and else look, chimed it, in?
3: And it's no, I didn't, I haven't talked to anyone else about it. But I, look, I understand for McCaffrey. I mean, look how great he was last year, and clearly he can carry a big workload. And they're going to give him a ton of passes in the passing game, Uh, you know. And he feasibly can get to 100 receptions if they keep feeding him the way they did last year.
2: I don't know. That's I mean, and he's talking a thousand, and a thousand. Like we discussed yesterday, it is legit for both him and Barkley. Could both do it.
3: Yeah, and that's why they're going in the top three. And, you know, again, in this draft, we saw McCaffrey go number one overall.
2: I know. I just thought that was a little interesting. We'll get back to this draft in our third segment. But coming up in our next segment, you know we do PGA DFS with Jeff Burgesson. We'll be back with Jeff right after this. Key on the track for myself <laughs> i know i know when you have wife and kids you never do <laughs> yeah just uh, we're in we're back we're full-time fantasy dr roto here i was talking to my friend jeff Burson i was getting sidetracked talking about you know how with fa- da- right, right if we don't buy anything for ourselves we're dads we buy for the wife and kids right not us
1: things have definitely changed since we added yeah kids uh, everything's them 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 and we never buy anything so i was just telling you i, I treated myself to a, a new driver yesterday and, and and i like it a lot
2: oh good for you i bought for father's day i got a range finder i've never played with oh nice before.
1: yeah i'm nice.
2: like I, my, my daughter goes what do you want to hit i go i had the same thing every club what does it really make a difference but now it does make a difference i know exactly <laughs> what i'm hitting <laughs> that's awesome all right so let's get to this week um this week it's a a new course, a new design. It's never been there. It's in the middle of Detroit. I didn't even know they had golf courses up there. What, what can we expect this week?
1: Yeah. So this week we have a new course. Next week we have a new course that's up here in my neck of the woods in the twin cities. So basically with these courses, we try and gather as much information about them as possible, but we don't really know for positive what it's going to play like. Um, they have made it more difficult, over the past year in preparation for the PGA tour. Um, What we're, what I'm, what I've found is there's a lot of short par fours. It's going to favor longer hitters. It's about 7,300 yards. So it's not incredibly short. Um, The rough is supposed to be pretty tough, but, but that's tough. You know, it's tough to tell from that. Um, Some undulating greens. It's a Donald Ross design. Uh, he's done a couple other courses like Sedgefield that we see for the Wyndham every year. So you can kind of look at that possibly. But I'm mostly mostly favoring current form, who's playing well, who's trending positively coming into the week.
2: Now, not to get ahead of myself, are you going to go to the uh, tournament next week, the one that's by you? Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, and yeah, anyone who's welcome, hit us up, because we'll probably be there most of the days. I'll probably go to a practice round and then a couple of days of the tournament
2: Nice. That sounds great. I hope you enjoy that. All right, so let's get to this tournament. Not too many big names in the top. This is kind of a weak field, but you have Dustin Johnson, you have Ricky Fowler, you have Woodland, you have Matsuyama. Do we need to go in on one of these guys, two of these guys? What's our plan?
1: Yeah, I would definitely try and stick to one or two of them. I'm I'm liking Dustin Johnson and Hideki Matsuyama personally this week. I just think uh, Dustin is is above everybody else talent-wise. When we kind of talked about this last week, doc as far as motivation goes, it's always tough to tell who's motivated coming into an event when it's not a major, it's kind of a lower uh rung tournament. But just talent-wise and for the amount of difference between Dustin and say like Ricky Fowler Most weeks leading up till this, Dustin has been like 2,000, 2,500 more than Ricky Fowler. Now he's only 800 more. So I'm just looking. It's not that big of a difference. I'm just going to go with the better player.
2: Is there a way to construct a lineup where you're going Johnson and Matsuyama, or does that just leave you with nothing?
1: Yeah, I think it's feasible this week because the 7K range is not great. So we can add a couple of 6K guys this week that I feel okay with. Um, just because I think I, – I really like Matsuyama this week. Um, I'm, I'm looking at – we know he's a phenomenal ball striker. Uh, it's always been his putting that lags behind. But I'm, I've been following his putting recently, and you can use our rolling stats model. It basically segments the last brief period of history. Because if you look on his putting, he ranks 123rd on tour this year. But if you segment his last 16 rounds, he's actually 17th in putting in the field this week so it's getting better and you combine that with elite t to green game and you know you get a good Hideki Matsuyama all
2: right so I'm going to go out of order today so let's just say we want to do a, a stars and scrubs construct if I have Johnson and Matsuyama how many guys do I have to get in the 6k range two three what am I going to need to do
1: yeah, I would say probably two because you combine those two and you have about 6,900 to 7,000 left per player. Um, so you would probably have a couple of 7,000, 7,100 guys and then probably two guys in the 6K range.
2: So who is the, let's, get, let's turn, take a look at the 6K range. Who are some of those guys that you like? I know I remember some names like Hank Laboda I know has been, been on your list. Who other uh, do we like down here?
1: Yeah, um, I would say Sep Straka uh, has been playing pretty well. He's 6,900. A guy who was just added to the field late was Taylor Gooch. He's shown some upside this year. Uh, He's a GPP strictly type guy because he'll either finish top 15 or miss the cut. Um, No one's going to own him, though, so I would kind of dabble with guys like that. Uh, Sam Ryder I really like at 6,600, and he's going to provide some uh, salary savings for you as well.
2: So I know in the, and usually, though, you usually say, don't go down here, Doc. This is a bad idea. But this week, because it's such a weak field, we're open to it? Or is it because we really want Matsuyama and Dustin Johnson?
1: I think it's a combination of both. I, I just think you're not sacrificing a whole lot by going from the mid-7K range to the upper-6K range. It's the same caliber of players, so I don't think you're losing a lot. When you have better field, you're getting really strong players in that 7K uh, range, mid to upper 7K range, and then you're dropping on a 6K. There's a huge difference. This week, not so much.
2: I'm going to just throw out a guy who's 6,200. I know you've talked about him before. Andrews Albertson. I know we've discussed him. Why does he suck?
1: I don't know. He started good this year. I had high, hope for, high hopes for him. But he's just been so miserable lately. I don't think you can burn any lineups on him. I'm, he won't be on tour very long if he uh, continues at this pace.
2: All right, so let's go back up to the top of the list here. We mentioned the top four guys. Then we've got that next grouping with Snedeker and Shez, Ryan Moore, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, some, I read somewhere where like, he just kind of sneaks up on you. All of a sudden, you don't like him, you don't like him, then he wins. Is this a week that he can win?
1: Uh possibly. I liked him last week, and we mentioned him uh, on your show, um, and at one point on Saturday, he was tied for third, and, and I had a, l- a large exposure to him, and I was very happy, but then he fell back on Sunday, finished T30, which is okay, not tremendous, but um, he's, he's been showing some signs. He was pretty good at the U.S. Open. He was good for three rounds last week. Uh, I'm okay with them. You're, you're kind of overpaying for all of these guys this week because the field is so weak. So it doesn't feel real good. You know, 9,900 for Brant Snedeker when we're used to paying mid seven K range. Uh, I would probably lean toward a Reed who's just a better player overall uh, than like a Snedeker or, and and you got Chez Revy who we talked about and he, you know delivered a win for us last week uh but he gets a huge price bump and coming off the win could could be a letdown spot.
2: It's funny. I was very wrong about Chez. I always when I when I think of Chez, I think of West Coast. And he was East Coast Chez last week.
1: He was East Coast, but they're polar greens, uh just like we have this week and that's the type of grass that they play, you know, on the West Coast. So um, You can use our our putting splits tool to see who puts well on POA, but um, he putted really well and has been playing really well in all phases of his game.
2: All right, let's talk about another guy who is very, I don't want to say he's up and down because when he's good, he's very good. Billy Horschel, I mean, he's priced at 9K. Is that a good price for him?
1: I think so. It, it, it feels um, like it's a pretty good price. He's been very consistent this season. Um, I think it's a good buy at 9,000 with this field because he has been consistently, you know, T25 uh, most every week in really good fields because he tends to only play really good fields. But this week with this field, I think that T25 could turn into a top 10.
2: All right, let's look at some other guys in that range. Neiman, Sanjay M., Bubba Watson, so, firstly, is this a Bubba course? Secondly, Im is very good, but, I mean, he's not always good, streaky. And Neiman has dropped off the face of the earth. Is this a week that three
1: rebounds? I, li- I like Neiman. He played really well last week. Uh, his tee to green game has been ultra good. Um, and, and he, you know, had all four rounds in the 60s last week. So, I like him a lot at 8,900. We're paying a premium. But, again, we're doing that for most everybody. I don't know if it's a Bubba course. Last week was a Bubba course, and he just got crushed over the weekend. Um, so I'm out on Bubba this week. And Sungjae, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of upside to him. He's been kind of going through that rookie, very good, very bad, streaky type play. Um, but I'm, I'm good with him because he's been such a good ball striker this year that I do own him, some of him this week.
2: Talking to Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. If you want to get your information to win in pjdFs that's where you go. FantasyGolfInsider.com. All right, Jeff. Victor Hovland was last week's flavor of the week, but he didn't perform up to expectation. Does that mean his ownership is going to be lower, especially because the price tag is higher?
1: Um. Maybe. Um, he, he didn't end up being super popular last week, but yes, I think some popularity errors, yeah, is going to drop off uh, with his T-54 last week. I still like him. He's fantastic, to Green. He's been struggling around the green and putting. I think that'll come around as he gets more experience, uh, but I like him. He's a highly talented guy, and we're going to be paying a lot more than 8400 in the future for him.
2: Oh yeah, I think we're gonna be paying ten K for him in about about yep. uh, about eighteen months.
1: I think um, you're right. He, I think he's kinda of on the same track as like a John Rahm, and that's those are lofty expectations. But we were talking about John Rahm, you know, maybe five years ago on your late night show, saying this guy is the real deal and, and he's gonna be one of the best in the world. And I think Pavlin's on his on that track.
2: By the way, I totally remember those conversations. I was like, Who's this guy? And you said John Rahm and I remember writing him down, so but you also said Bronson Burgoon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not the same trajectory. <laughs>
2: yeah, not the same, not the same trajectory. That's for sure. All right. Is it wise to draft Aaron Wise this week?
1: I think so. I, he's another super young, highly talented guy, tons of upside, uh, tons of downside, too. So probably GPT only, but he looked pretty good at the U.S. Open. If the rough isn't as tough as I think it might be this week, then I think he's a good play. And, and I think they're going to score on this course with all the short par fours. Uh, so I do kind of like Wise this week.
2: All right. At 7,900, you've got Byung-Hung on An and kyung Hu Lee. I mean, they're consistently good golfers. Are they in your rotation this week?
1: Um, I have some Lee. I don't have any on this week um, for no other reason than I just like some other guys in this range. Uh, he's just so good from Tita Green and such a, hur- you know, just a horrible putter. Um, he's he's fine. I just don't own him myself this week. Uh, I like some other guys in that range. Uh, I'm I'm owning some Luke List this week. I'm owning some Jimmy Walker and Kyle Stanley all at 7,700. I like all of those guys this week.
2: I was just going to ask you about Luke List. Can he bomb this course?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. He scores a lot on par fives. Uh, he you know, just scores overall. Uh, bad putter, but it's been better lately. And, um, and he showed up well at uh, Beth page, He played well. Didn't look very good at um, Pebble, but I didn't think that was a great fit for him. So I kind of like this course better for him this week.
2: All right, in the mid-sevens, do we like the Corey Connors, the Holmas, the Spawns, you know, the Collies, the Cuses? Where are we in the mid-sevens? Who, give me some names there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think Vaughn Taylor. He's trending upwards statistically and results-wise. Um, I'm okay with him. Peter Malnadi I was high on last week. He started really strong, fell back, still finished with a T30, which you'd take for his price. Uh, this week, I think he's a decent fit. Um, spawn, you know, just hasn't shown hardly any upside this year, but in this field, I think, you know, possibly I'm, I'm lukewarm on him. Uh, I like Max Homa at 7,300, maybe Corey Connors at 7,300. Uh, you'd own those guys at you know 12% and probably be, you know, overweight the field on those guys.
2: All right, you mentioned when we first started talking about getting Dustin Johnson and Matsuyama that you're going to have to be about the 7,7100. 70, so, names like Alex Prue and Wyndham Clark and Fratelli, these are guys that we've talked about before. Any of these guys you like this week?
1: Yeah, I think so. So, like if you have Dustin Johnson and Hideki Matsuyama, you could round out with I like Tringali, I like Sepp Straka, I like Troy Merritt at 7,000. You would mention Lebiota at 69. That's what you're going to have to fill out the rest of your roster with. And I'm okay with all of them. For Telly, I've always been a big fan of him. I think he has a ton of upside. Hasn't been real good lately, but I think he has it in him. Um, so I think having some exposure to him is probably smart, especially in a week like this.
2: Is this a week that you just don't play as much? How do you per- take care of this when it's a new course? We don't know about motivation. How, if you normally played 100%, will you play 75%? How much will you play this week?
1: I'll play probably 40 to 50% what I normally do, Doc. You're exactly right. And, and kind of the name of this game to survive in DFS, and we've been around a long time, is strong bankroll management. Don't get frivolous with it. Even if you've been good the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of unknowns this week with the field, with the course. Um, we just don't have as big of an edge probably uh, or, or the information just isn't as solid as it normally is for us. So um, I would cut back definitely.
2: And do you feel that way next week, even though that's a home course for you, would you feel the same way next week?
1: I think so. Cause the field's probably, it, it is very similar. You're going to have five or six top name guys and then it drops off considerably. And I don't know how it's going to play. I, it's, I have played the course and it's, not going to be real difficult, and I think these guys are going to be able to probably carve it up.
2: Right. It's amazing. When we get to a course and we're like, wow, that's a tough course, and they get on the course, and it's like easy.
1: Yeah, and even the tough courses nowadays with the technology, with the equipment and everything, and with the training that these guys do, they're carving up tough courses these days. Scores are getting better and better. You put them on these easier courses like tbc twin cities and then um the john deere classic in a couple weeks and they just go real low
2: yeah it's amazing they can pull out the 300 yard driver just like my friend jeff Burgesson can yeah right with his brand new driver all right so give <laughs> me a name of a guy who's going to win this
1: week so i'll say um i, I like hideki's chances um you're only going to get him at about 12 to 1 but i like him um if you want to go more mid-range, I would say um, Joaquin Neiman and Kevin Streelman you could get at about 40-to-1. If you want a couple real long shots and throw a couple ducats on them, I would say Cameron Tringali at 140-to-1 or Sam Ryder you can get for 150-to-1. It doesn't take a whole lot to, to make some at 150-to-1. Throw a couple bucks on it.
2: And do you do that when you do your prop betting each week? Will you throw a few bucks on the Tringalis and the Ryder just in case?
1: I do. Yeah, I'll have probably 10 guys that I'll I'll, I'll bet on uh, from all ranges, but I'll throw a few bucks on these long, long shots in case they hit. Last year, a couple of them hit, like Andrew Landry won. I think I had him at like 180 to 1. Um, oh. Webb Simpson at the players we hit uh, at about 80 to 1. So they do happen, and it doesn't take hitting a whole lot of those to, to make your year.
2: Now, do you put, I, if you don't mind my asking, you are putting $10 to 100 how do you How do you bet that so if people out there want to do the same?
1: Yeah, I, I think just determine your own bankroll, where you, where you feel fit. But like these long shots, the chances of them winning is very slim. So even, you know, 2, two bucks, 5 bucks, something like that, um, I think to take a shot on them. Because if they win, that's, that could be considerable money.
2: Yeah, I'd love to hear that. All right, Jeff Burgesson, enjoy the golf this week. And I'm looking forward to your uh, bird's eye view next week.
1: It's going to be a fun one, Doc.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right, have a good week, my friend. You too. All right, that's Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. Remember, check it out. if Only check it out if you want to win PGA DFS. Got great tools there and things that can help you win. So it's going to be a rough week, but I think that we can do it. Remember, play about 40 or 50% of what you normally play because this is a course we're not familiar with. And we want to give you the edge. All right? That's what we do here on Full-Time Fantasy. We're back talking more football right after this.
4: If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. The one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call one 800 carmats WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America.
2: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World number 1. Me, personally...
0: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 and over New Jersey only eligibility restrictions apply see website for details
2: all right we are back so let's see get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet up to $500 so here's how it works create a DraftKings Sportsbook account make a deposit place your first bet and DraftKings will match it up to 500 bucks just go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Act quickly because this offer will not be around forever. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBER, 21 and over, please. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the website for details. Ronis, do you have a problem or are you good?
3: Nah, I'm good. I control it. It's not easy, is it? Um... No, I think, I think it is easy. For some people, it's not. I know I used to have a friend
2: who any game that was on TV, he wanted a piece of.
3: Yeah, I think that is a problem.
2: That was a problem. I was like, dude, seriously? I mean, he'd be watching like Oregon against Arizona at 11 o'clock at night, you know, in the, in the, when they used to show a Pac-10 game late. I'm like, that's, that's, that's a bit much.
3: Some people are like that. They really can't watch a game unless they have something invested, whether it's fantasy or gambling. There are a lot of people like that. Probably think, see them at the sports book.
2: Also. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. All right, let's get back to this draft here. So round one was McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara. Then Hopkins went five. Are you willing to take a receiver over David Johnson at five?
3: Uh, I'm not. I understand the argument for it. Uh, Hopkins obviously is one of the elite wide receivers, but uh, I, I would take David Johnson. I feel like I want to get a running back early if I can And I think there's a little bit of a drop off after Johnson. And there are some people who probably are still a little skeptical. But if you believe in this Arizona offense and the pace of play they're expected to play at with Murray at quarterback, uh, Kingsbury coming in, I, I think that we know David Johnson is good. And if you watch any of the Arizona games, there was just no imagination at all last year. They just slammed David Johnson up the middle time after time. There was no creativity. We were complaining about it earlier in the year, how they weren't getting the ball to him in the past game. They did for a couple games, and then they backed out. So I think it changes this year. So he, he's in a good situation. Uh, again, they're just going to run so many plays with the expected pace they're supposed to play at. So uh, I, I would take David Johnson.
2: Do you think a lot of people are going to say, because I think they are. David Johnson burned me last year. I'm not taking him again.
3: Yeah, a lot of people do that, and it happens all the time, even uh, the best players. I mean, I think it's easy to say that uh, because that player could have cost you a lot of money last year, but you have to kind of look at the situation and how it's different this year, and it clearly is. So I I think you need to to let that go, and that's one of the things uh, maybe inexperienced fantasy players have a difficult time overcoming because you will hear people say that. Uh, and I I think you do need to put it in the back of your mind, uh, erase it, Uh, especially if you believe in the situation now in Arizona. And, you know, there's some people who probably are not buying it, saying, oh, look at the offensive line. It's still not good. Why is it going to change? But if you are optimistic and you feel David Johnson will be a big part of the offense, I think you need to forget about last year.
2: All right. I want to stay with the Cardinals for a second. You draft David Johnson. At what point do you, if at any point, maybe not at all, At what point do you say, I want to get my hands on Chase Edmonds just in case? Because this guy here did not take Chase Edmonds, and I think it's a mistake.
3: Um, I mean, look, this is a 20-round draft, so you do have the ability to do it. Uh, He went around 15, I see. Right, he took Marquise Brown
2: instead. Wouldn't Wouldn't you want Edmonds in 15 and to protect your David Johnson investment?
3: Yeah, I could see doing it. In a 20-round draft, sure. 16-round, I'm probably not. And in, I think in a 16-round draft, you, you won't see. I think most times you won't see Evans drafted.
2: He will um, not be drafted tomorrow in your draft. No way. Right. Unless David Johnson breaks his ankle tonight in his bathtub, he's not getting drafted.
3: Right, but in a draft like this with 20 rounds, and again, as I've said, we're here in late June. We have two months to the season begins. And then in this league, there'll be no waiver wire moves to early in the year. Yeah, I mean, get Edmonds just in case something happens to David Johnson. Uh, It makes sense, and especially that round 15. It's not like you're paying a high price tag.
2: Yeah, I mean, Marquise Brown, as as much as I like the guy, he still has Lamar Jackson throwing him the football, and he's not 100% healthy. I'd much rather protect my guy who I took my first-round pick on. Now, let's continue with this guy's team. He took Kelsey in round two and Zach Ertz in round three. Is that a strategy for anybody who's going to win?
3: Probably not. Is it possible? Sure. I mean, if Kelsey and Ertz duplicate what they did last year, probably can win with it. Didn't you have a team with that? I did. I, mean, I did. You didn't pay a did. pri- different price, obviously. You didn't Right. Pay I, paid a fifth,
2: I paid a fifth and a seventh when I did it.
3: Right. And the team was good, right? Yeah, two years ago it was really good. So it, it can work, but you're going to really need a couple of these running backs to hit.
2: The team that came closest to what I did was the team next to it that took Hunter Henry in six and Vance McDonald with eight. That's not terrible to me. I I can make a case for that more than I could Kelsey and Ertz going, it's two and three.
3: I, I like both tight ends, Henry and McDonald. I just still don't think I would do that in six and eight. I agree. I don't think I'd do
2: it, but I could see where there's upside. I mean, could Henry get 70 catches this year?
3: Yeah. I mean, look, we all know how talented Hunter Henry is. I mean, I think we've been clamoring it for him to produce in the fantasy universe for a couple of years now. And obviously, he had Antonio Gates ahead of him for a while. Then he got hurt last year. Uh, he did return for the playoffs, didn't play much. But if he's healthy, sure. Now, I, look, it's a good offense. I mean, and, and they pass quite a bit. Uh, you do have Mike Williams there, who's got to get red zone targets. I mean, he had 10 touchdowns last year. Keenan Allen's going to get his targets, although he's not a big touchdown guy. we will run the football with Melvin Gordon, but... You know, Rivers has shown a penchant for going to his tight end. I know it's Antonio Gates, one of the best of all time, but uh, he will find Henry. So, yeah, I think Henry does have big upside.
2: All right, so tomorrow's draft, I think you're in a very good pick for a tight end because at pick two, you can normally get the tight – you can cherry pick the tight end in, like, round seven or nine. I'm giving you some names. Do you take Henry in seven? Do you take McDonald in seven? Do you take Ingram in seven, or is it too early?
3: Uh, seven, I would consider it for sure. Uh, I don't want to overpay. Uh, seem, well, Ingram went six here. I think he goes earlier tomorrow. I think Henry goes early tomorrow. I think you might see those guys going round five. And I'm can you get avan- Can you
2: advance? Anything. Can you get Vance at seven two?
3: I think he goes a little bit later.
2: Right, so I'm, I'm actually surp- I'm
3: surprised. I'm surprised he went as the seventh tight end off the board here. To be honest, and I you thought, thought he I was would go get, before. I, later, no, I thought he would go later.
2: I think he. You know who's starting to talk him up, and, and I and I hate to say this because it's Matthew Barry started to talk up Vance uh, McDonald. Really? Damn it! Yeah, and that's never a good thing.
3: <laughs>
4: no, no, no. I,
2: I say that. No kidding aside, because no, because people re- pay attention through, to
3: people, that stuff. Right? No, I know it's not to slight him. It's like there will be people who really are maybe an amateur or don't do much, and they don't really know. The rest of the fantasy industry, and all they know is ESPN, and they take right. what he says is gospel, and they'll be like, oh, I don't know much about Vince McDowell. Matthew Berry said he's good. All right, I'll take him, and that's not good for us. No,
2: it's not good. No, it's funny. You know, you said that years ago when I used to play fantasy baseball within this one league, this home league, I used to buy the Sporting News. Remember the Sporting News Fantasy Baseball magazine? Yeah, which always had the auction values. I used to buy that magazine, not because I used it, because I wanted to know what the people in my league were going to do. Because when they said, you know, uh, Eric Hosmer for 16, all of a sudden I knew I could bid up Hosmer for 16 because some idiot would pay it.
3: Yeah, no, it is good to know what other people are doing uh, so you can make adjustments and figure out, especially auction wise. But yeah, I'm I'm surprised that Vance McDonald is went this early. I honestly thought he'd be a little bit later. I was hoping to get him maybe outside the top 10, ten tight ends.
2: Really? Yeah. All right. Kelsey, one. Kittle, two. Ertz, three. OJ, four. Engram, five. Henry, six. Agreed?
3: I don't know if that'll be my order, but yeah. Those no, but are... I'm just
2: saying. Those those guys are better. Is Jared Cook in front of him? Yeah. you take Cook over McDonald? Because I wouldn't.
3: I think I would. Man with Breeze and what he did last year? Yeah.
2: All right. Would you take Ebron over McDonald?
3: No. Me either.
2: Would you take Burton or Hooper or Njoku? No. Would you take Herndon or Andrews or somebody like that?
3: I think Andrews will be a value. Where did he go here?
2: He went in the 13th round. That guy's a st- – you get him at like 11-2, dude, I'm loving that team.
3: Yeah. No, I like uh, – I, I think he's a good value. I think right now he'll be a value. I don't really think many people are aware of him at this point. So he's, he's a good value.
2: Right. I take him if uh, like around 11. But, I mean, I think Vance McDonald's so so if Kelsey's one and Kittle's two and Ertz is three and Howard's four and Engram's five as Henry is six, Cook is seven, you're telling me Vance McDonald's number eight.
3: Uh, well, for me, well, I, didn't th- I didn't think other people would take him as a top tight, oh. 10 tight end.
2: I think, I think they are. I think people are. I think he's like number. I think he's somewhere between eight, nine or 10. That's where I think he's falling. I can I'm, see somebody I, liking I, an Ebron Moore, but I think he's right around nine or t- eight to 10.
3: I'm happy to take him as the 10 tight end off the board if I'm going to wait. I know. Right.
2: But I still think there's value with guys like Herndon and Andrews, and I'm very interested in this kid Walker um, from yeah. from Oakland.
3: Yeah, there's uh, was a lot of positive reports from him. Uh, they picked him up. Ravens let him go. He had a suspension, so yeah. Oh and I my think L- Lourdes Gurriel hit another home run, his second of the day.
2: He, is, do you think he's on uh, steroids or something? How's this guy getting Why? so so much pop? He's got. A, he's been hit a lot of home runs.
3: Well, what pisses me off is I took him in the NFBC auction for two, three bucks, and obviously he gets sent down to the minor Mm -hmm. leagues. So you cut him, and now uh, look what he's doing. I did pick him up in Tout Wars, though, so he is helping me. But uh, his second home run of the day uh, against the Yankees.
2: Doesn't his power – I mean, I know everybody's hitting home runs. I get that. But isn't his power even more surprising? I mean, I looked at him as like a 14 to 16 home run guy.
3: Um, again, with a lot of guys, I mean, look at Tommy La Stella. There's a ton of guys this year that are producing. A lot of it is the ball for sure, uh, being juiced. I think it's pretty clear at this point. Uh, my biggest concern with him was the plate discipline because he strikes out a lot, doesn't walk. But, uh, again, I don't think you're surprised by what anybody is doing right now, uh, in, in this state, in this environment. We're just seeing so many guys surprise and many come out of nowhere. You're like, where was this? And, uh, I guess Gurriel is one of those guys, uh, but he's on a hot streak right now.
2: Yeah, he's got 12 home runs, two today. So Biggio is leading off. He's two for two. Gurriel three for three with four RBIs. I like Biggio at the one hole.
3: Yeah, I actually I picked him up in one league and one I'm cutting him because he was struggling, but that was a 12-team league. So in a 12-team league, you know, you're not going to be as patient. In a 15, obviously, I would have held him. But the thing you know is he's going to get the playing time. You know, Blue Jays are going nowhere. They called him up, so he's going to play. And the other guy to keep an eye on is Bo Bichette, who's back, and he's been hitting well in the minor league. So he's another guy you could see up soon.
2: Dude, Giancarlo Stanton, how long is he going to be out for?
3: Don't know. They have not put him on the injury list yet. He hurt his knee. I thought it was because he got stepped on at third base, but he hurt his knee. And this is like the first year in a while that I don't own Giancarlo Stanton. And it wasn't because I was staying away from him. It just didn't work out. He wasn't a target of mine. I would have taken him in the mid-second round had he been available. But – Man, it's just frustrating uh, because if it's year after year. It's always something different. And you have to wonder if he's just too jacked. And that's why he's I, getting I, hurt.
2: And I, I, look, I do believe that. I believe when all those baseball players started to, get to drink creatine and get super muscular, that's when you started to see a lot of these injuries. And these are just like muscle tissue injuries or, or pulling muscles. I mean, that's crazy.
3: And I've heard he is a workout warrior. Like, he'll, after the game, he, he's like a fanatic when it comes to working out. And I'm surprised. I mean, I, I would think that's probably the, the issue. Again, I'm not an expert on Did that. Did John Kruk
2: think. ever ever, stri- uh, ever pull something?
3: Uh, probably. Except his
2: wrist drinking a beer?
3: Oh, yeah. Or eating a burger.
2: Or eating a burger? I mean, look, I'm, be- I'm being honest. These guys back in the uh, 20 years ago, you never saw these injuries. Now these guys are, uh, you know. Out but I think it's weeks. every sport, though. I well, just
3: think these yeah. guys are so big now, and uh, I, I think that's part of it.
2: I think they're, yeah, I, it's, it's true. And There's no way to protect them from it. And I, I think these guys, who was that? Was it Arian Foster? Remember Arian Foster who just always, always got injured because he was so, so finely tuned. The littlest thing set him off.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, some guys, it's just unfortunate. They just uh, have an inability to stay healthy. I mean, we see it, A.J. Pollock. There's a lot of guys like that. They just cannot stay healthy. Some, some bodies are just not, I guess, equipped to to play sports on a regular basis.
2: All right, more afternoon baseball. J.D. Martinez has a home run, but Chris Sales led up five runs, Ronas, against the White Sox. Um, James McCann with a home run. He bats fourth, by the way, against lefties. He's been pretty decent, hitting three thirty two
3: for the year. He's been great. I, I actually... Uh, it's been crazy because a lot of the catchers now are all of a sudden starting to produce. You know, We looked at this position as dead throughout the year, but there's been a lot of guys that you could have picked up off waivers this year. I picked up James McCann. Brian McCann doesn't play every day, but he's been solid. I picked up Josh Feglin over the weekend and I wrote about it in today's Stock Watch that should be out. I was surprised. I don't understand why Francisco Mejia didn't get uh, a lot of Buzz, uh, I picked him up in at least five leagues. I picked him up in towers NFBC auction. Shocked a homer home last me. night. Yeah, well, he, he got called up last week. He played four of the first five games. He sat out Sunday because Hedges was there. They were off Monday. He was back in the lineup last night. He was thirty three hundred on DK in a good spot. Should have been used. And to me, the indication is with the look. He's played five six since he got called up. That's telling me, all right, we're gonna play this guy. It's not like Hedges has done anything. I didn't like him going in the year because I thought people were overpaying for him. I didn't think he was going to play every day. But it looks like things have changed. And he was a guy that I picked up uh, pretty much across the board over the weekend. And in some leagues, it wasn't even that expensive. I was just surprised. I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Why is there, why is there interest in Mejia?
2: Well, I think I, it was one of those things where he was the bright, shiny object in the beginning. And then he really let people down. And Like, ah, you know, he's going to share time. <laughs> Look, Hedges is a good player, but he's not special. But he has a special bat. He has a special bat.
3: Yeah, and look, he didn't do anything earlier in the year. He was the backup to start the year and didn't do anything, and then they sent him down to AAA. But as we've seen with Gurriel now, sometimes it happens. You know, the guy doesn't perform. You send him to AAA, they get the call back up, and all of a sudden they start to hit. So I took a shot on Mejia in a lot of leagues. There was one league where I had Contreras and Fegley, and Fegley's been good, so I didn't do it, and no one else picked up Mejia. Now I have to start to think if, uh, if I should get him over Fegley. But Fegley's been good.
2: He has been good, especially against lefties. All right, and then finally, the Indians are beating the Royals 4-1. to Trevor Bauer on fire. Six innings, one run, ten strikeouts. Good to see Bauer back.
3: Yeah, a lot of people have complained about him uh, because he's just had some outings this year where you're not pleased. You expect him to be more dominant, and it's just been a tough year for pitchers. Uh, you know, you see Chris Sale get hit today. Uh, Blake Snell was terrible yesterday. Uh, Flaherty has been terrible, but uh, I still think Bauer is a guy that's going to finish the season strong. And there's always the possibility too he gets traded. It's going to be interesting to see what Cleveland does because they're still right there in a wild card hunt. But a lot's going to depend on you know does Clevenger come back and produce. Uh, but I still think Bauer can finish the year strong. And the biggest problem for him has been walks and home runs. But home runs are a problem for everyone this year. That is true. All right, who's coming up in hour number two? We'll have a uh, Fantasy Taz from ffchamps.com. He's going to join me at 3.20 p.m. Eastern.
2: Huh, Jim Day, looking forward to that. Well, Adam Ronas, I wish you uh, a lot of fun tomorrow at the FSGA, and good luck in the draft. We are all counting on you, just so you know that.
3: Yeah, and don't put no pressure on me. No, nah, it's all right. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Uh, number two pick draft will be starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, so uh, we'll talk about it on Friday. And we'll see if Dr. Roto uh, rips me to shreds for it. It's
2: possible. Done it before. All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well, take care, keep it right here for another hour of full-time fantasy. Back right after this.
0: Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Fantasy Sports Radio Network news update
1: According to Adrian Wojnarowski on Twitter Golden State